This episode of Weekly Sauce is brought to you by Chetty's Hot Sauce. Visit Chetty'sHotSauce.ca and use promo code HOTSAUCE25 for 25% off on all individual bottles. Um, this is Weekly Sauce, uh, episode 22. My name is Terry Tam. I'm with my co-host Alex the Intern Corleone. And we are pleased to be um, joined by uh, host of the Unanimous Decision uh, podcast, Adam Kaplan. Uh, Alex, I'll start with you. How's it going, man? So far, so good, man. Um, fucking looking at the election, it's a, it's a shit show, but, you know, we're surviving. That's it, man. I know uh, Adam's been watching it, too. Adam, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing well, man. I'm super happy to be here on uh, Hot Sauce Sports Weekly. Looking forward to uh, discussing fights and whatever, whatever uh, questions or statements you want me to make, I'm ready to fire them away. I know you're always good for a soundbite. So uh, this episode, we're going to cover, uh, we're going to do kind of like a preview of the U- of UFC 254. Uh, yeah, last night, I had the pleasure of being on Adam's podcast. We we're kind of doing kind of like a home and home uh, where we talked about boxing. Uh, we talked a little bit about Khabib and Gaethje. Uh, today, we're basically just going to run through a few of the fights in on the card and get a breakdown of where the lightweight division is. Um, so right now, we have... Um, it's the fight of the year, I think. The year isn't over yet, but the fight of the year in terms of anticipation. Um, the fact that Gaethje's been on such a sick run. Uh, Khabib, we've seen what he can do. He's finally coming back after his father passed away. There's too many storylines in this fight. And I'm so excited to finally watch it in a couple days. Um, Alex, I wanted to get your take on this because I know you're, you're, you're a Khabib guy. So I wanted to get your take on this. What do you think is going to happen in the fight? Uh, what's the thing that you're most excited about for this card? Um, Khabib, I feel like if 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 his grappling doesn't work, I have a feeling Gage is gonna win. Uh, Gagey is under is an underrated wrestler. I feel like he has a lot of upside in wrestling. That is that that he hasn't shown, but I'm not. But from his wrestling background, I'm no. I'm I know he can wrestle. Uh, and that was the difference between him and Poirier and McGregor. Gage actually knows how to wrestle. Yeah. So that's one of the underrated cards in that fight. Gage's wrestling. Um, I do believe Khabib's going to try to bring him to the fence as much as possible. Um, Khabib, if it goes to the decision, uh, to the judge's decisions, I have a feeling Khabib's gonna win. Uh, he just he he gets points. He puts up a lot of points on a score on a scoreboard. So so to me, that's how I see it. I feel like he's gonna win if it goes to the judge's decision. Yeah. Uh, Gagey, uh the only possible way I see him winning is KO or TKO or even submission. That, okay. but that's so you think the but, only way he yeah. can fi- he can beat Khabib is if he finishes him. Basically, okay. I don't. I just don't see him winning it with the judges. Do you think you think Gaethje's chance of submission is higher than Khabib's chance of submission? Because you feel that Khabib wouldn't make, wouldn't be able to. Uh, you think he's going to win by decision? So do you think his chances for submission are higher than Khabib's chances for submission? No, I think okay. Khabib's chances are bigger. Uh, he he is. I'm not gonna lie. Ever since GSP, I think he's the best wrestler. 
uh, up there. to say otherwise. You know. uh, well, 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 yeah. Well, he's 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 up there with John Jones and Daniel Cormier, obviously. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's he he's up there. He's one of the best wrestlers. I, well, so I think, he, I think he's probably the best. So we'll go yeah. to our uh, our guest of the day today is Adam Kaplan, um, well versed in fighting. Adam, um, what do you think is going to happen? What would your be prediction be? Quick, and then we'll jump into a little bit more detail. Uh, my my initial thought is Khabib certainly winning this fight by a five-round decision. However, I'm not blind to the fact that uh, Justin Gaethje could win this fight via TKO. Yeah, That's the short version. So the, that's the thing is that both these guys have the, this, un, this unparalleled uh, skill that we, we haven't really seen from a lot of guys. I mean, Gaethje's a wrestler that doesn't use his wrestling, to Alex's point. I mean, the advantage, we don't even know what the advantage is because he's literally never used his wrestling. You know what I mean? Everybody talks about it. I'm, I've jumped on the hype train. I know that I, I think the guy's wrestling is probably world class, but we haven't seen it yet, right? He hasn't done it once. He hasn't shot a takedown since he's been in the UFC which is fucking banana lands for me. Now, Khabib, on the other hand, only goes takedowns. Alex? If I can add, I was going to say something. Um, if Gagey keeps the fight in the middle of the ring, he has a better chance of winning than if it's on the fence. Because on the fence, I feel I feel like Khabib has, a, uh, has an advantage. Yeah, that's a there. good point. I think that's what Connor tried to do too, try to keep it in the middle or at least keep him in front. Uh, he tried to control that mini octagon inside the octagon. Uh, Adam, what do you think about that take? I, I agree with that take, absolutely. I mean, uh, Khabib is certainly far more successful when he has his opponent up against the cage, and uh, it is in Gaethje's best interest to use the center of the octagon to avoid the takedowns and to avoid those uh, strong wrestling scrambles from Khabib. Uh, one of the things that is going to help um, is going to help Justin Gaethje is is that boxing that he's been working with with Trevor Whitman. Uh, the footwork is absolutely there. Where when we saw the McGregor fight versus Khabib, people don't keep uh, don't don't really remember the fact that McGregor stylistically fought a lot more flat footed and a lot differently than he has in his past opponents. And I think that the bounce in Justin Gaethje's step, utilizing the angles in the footwork work like he did against Tony Ferguson will actually give Khabib uh, a much harder time backing up uh, Gaethje to the cage. However, um, another another point to that is too, is that if, if Khabib is going to force the takedowns and force the wrestling exchanges, you know, I do see that working a little bit in Gaethje's favor because, you know, up close and personal with the dirty boxing and the clinch, I do expect Gaethje to throw punches in bunches while Khabib is trying to force the wrestling agenda. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I think that Gaethje's gonna he's gonna try and you know throw some haymakers, tag you know get some points. Uh, to Alex's point, but maybe on the other foot is that where you feel like Khabib is more of a point fighter. I think Gaethje's more of the point fighter in terms of he's gonna throw you know a bunch of punches. We even saw it in his last fight. I was watching the countdown, the UFC countdown, and uh, in his last fight against Tony Ferguson, his co- his his corner Trevor Whitman told told him he's like stop trying to knock him out, throw eighty percent and just connect 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 and I just keep on tagging him tagging him and that's what he did and that's why he won the fight because he was able to point fight to jab to throw that hook to you know to do the things that the leg kicks you know those things are going to work against a guy that could be now the Alex, what you mentioned before about the submissions just to give you an example of what the odds are right now Khabib is at a he pays 250 if he submits him. 250, that's nothing. That's more that's more that pays less than if Gaethje wins outright. Gaethje winning outright is 310. Um Justin Gaethje by submission is 24 to 1 odds. 
that's fucking bananas. That's crazy to me. Because I don't, I don't know if he'll be able to get the submission, but I do see a KO in there. I do see a TKO in there because Gaethje's hands are heavy. I do have a question for both of you. Yep. If While I sip Gaethje, if Gaethje beats Khabib, will this be the biggest upset since GSP versus Matt Serra? It's not an upset. It's not an upset Absolutely. because Matt Serra came out of nowhere. You know, I mean, he won the Ultimate Fighter. He wasn't really a great fighter before. He kind of surprised everybody with that overhand. You know what I mean? And shocked the world. GSP was looking past him. At that point, I think it was BJ Penn. Adam, you probably know better than me uh, who his next fight was after that if he had won that fight. I don't think it's the same thing. This, I can compare this to... Man, it's tough. I was going to say home to Rousey. Only because we know how good home is, and we knew how good Rousey is. Not that Khabib is the level of Rousey, but uh, not that Rousey is the level of Khabib, but we kind of know what both of them bring to the table, and they're both fantastic. So I don't know. It's tough. Adam, what do you think? Uh, No, I don't certainly think it'll be the biggest upset since George St. Pierre and uh, Matt Serra. You know, the reason that being is, is that, you know, Matt Sarah uh, was coming off of a, a second stint in the UFC by getting a second chance by performing on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, that was one of the better Ultimate Fighter series ever, actually. Where they that put was my all, favorite one. Where they put all the veterans in there, Come and just back. to credit you, it uh, it wasn't in fact BJ Penn. After he lost to Matt Sarah, he ended up beating Josh Koscheck. He won the rematch against Matt Hughes via armbar, and then he fought Matt Sarah at the Bell Center. Um, I, I have a hard time trying to compare this matchup. Uh, I don't agree with it being similar to Rousey and uh, and Holly Holm as well because um, I, I I just think that the UFC sold uh, Ronda Rousey as a far more unbeatable force than they serve Khabib because I think that the UFC does a really good job in promoting Khabib in the sense of what you see is exactly what you get. They don't try to build a fake aura around it or, or blow it up with smoke and mirrors. So I can actually say that this is organically its own matchup. And this is, uh, this is something that I actually like to see. And the reason why I say that is also is, is that I think that people really underestimate the skill set of Justin Gaethje. I mean, coming off a two-fight losing streak to Eddie Alvarez and then Dustin Poirier and then you know, coming out and putting on a performance that he did against Tony Ferguson, he fought a completely different fight. He was not looking to stand flat-footed in the center, just throwing wild hooks. He was using his footwork. He was taking his angles. He was setting up leg kicks with lead hooks and, uh, you know, just showed a phenomenal skill set and a skill set that I believe is, is, is not good for a style of Khabib who is a lot more flat-footed and does just look to kind of barrage forward uh, with his wrestling and his striking. And, you know, that is one of the things that I think a lot of folks take out of context is that had McGregor perhaps not had that ankle injury, I think that we do see a little bit of a different matchup in the beginning rounds and maybe even again in that third or fourth round. But, you know, you had a shitty ankle and then you add the cardio and then you add, you know, the fact of um, not necessarily having a strong wrestling background or a jujitsu background compared to Justin Gaethje. This is uh, organically in its own a fantastic, fantastic matchup. But I think it's actually actually a lot closer than folks are giving enough credit to Justin Gaethje. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point, Alex. So, um, so, so back to the Gaethje and Ferguson fight. Um, the way I saw it is Tony Ferguson 
was preparing all along to face a wrestler to pr- to face Khabib. And instead, he got a striker in Gagey. Do you think that might have played in the preparation? Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, educated guess. We'll be able to tell you that, that for sure. I mean, but I also think that he he walked right into Tony Ferguson, his style. You know, that brawling style that Tony Ferguson plays really well. He just couldn't keep it up with Justin Gaethje. So I can understand that, you know, you're preparing for somebody for so long. And then all of a sudden, this one guy comes in. But it what it was, how much how much longer, uh, short how much of a short notice was it, Adam? I, I think it was one week. No, I think it was more than that. Adam, one or two weeks. I I'm I'm not sure on the distance. It was certainly uh, underneath a month. Yeah. It, it, it was certainly underneath a month. I mean, look, you know, one of the things that guys forget is that, you know. Yes, Tony Ferguson's a black belt under Eddie Bravo. Yes, Tony Ferguson does have um, uh, wrestling, strong wrestling accolades. I mean, D1 wrestling. D1 wrestling. It was one of the reasons why Brock Lesnar selected him on the Ultimate Fighter was due to his wrestling skill set. Yes, I do understand that Khabib was preparing for a striker, but I think people really forget the stringent training program that Tony Ferguson puts himself under. And he is one of the more well-rounded fighters that we see in the UFC, certainly unorthodox as well. And I don't believe that he took the same stance as McGregor in his training cap in the sense of McGregor was constantly on the defensive in the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu scrambles. I think that Tony Ferguson puts together a little bit more of a well-rounded training camp to prepare himself against uh, the likes of Khabib or the likes of Justin Gaethje. So, you know, I don't really think that taking the fight on short notice was that big of a factor. And I'll tell you one thing, and that reason is, is that when you look at the masterclass that Justin Gaethje put on, if that fight had just happened within the last two months and it was a lot fresher in our minds, because let's let's not forget that combat sports fans are what have you done for me lately fans. Um, you know, if that fight would happen a little bit fresher, a little bit sooner, a little bit more recent, I think that people would have rem- Remembered a lot clearer that the masterclass that Justin Gaethje put on against Tony Ferguson is actually the exact reason why Tony Ferguson is a little bit irrelevant right now in the conversations. I think that you're hundred percent right, man. I think Tony Ferguson right now kind of falls off the, the kind of the landscape of where the lightweight division is going to be, which segues into my next question is that if Khabib wins Alex, who's next for Khabib? Yeah. Uh, I've okay, so there's two routes. That it's only two routes. So, um, it's either the winner the, of Connor Poirier, that, or uh, the GSP fight happens. Yeah, which I, mean, I don't, which I don't think will happen. But that's that's the only two options I see. I think with the with the GSP fight, I think a lot of uh, most Montrealers including yourself Alex. I think that we we kind of want that fight, but we're just we don't I... get, we don't want to get too excited. We just want to see GSP back, but we don't want to get too excited. I know Adam has a boner for GSP, so I'm sure he would want to see him back in the octagon. So, so as much as I want GSP to be back, I just don't want his legacy to be tarnished by this. I don't think it would be. Adam so um, I, I don't want to see George come back. I, I do certainly have a massive erection for George St. Pierre, and uh, I'm, o- I'm okay with saying that. Um, he's a phenomenal athlete, you know, uh, one of Canada's number one athletes that he's actually won awards for. 
and uh, just a true professional in the sense. And, and, you know, I think we do miss a little bit of George St. Pierre in today's day with the kind of smack talk and the bullshit that we have to deal with, with the Colby Covingtons and the McGregors and blah, 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 blah. Nate um, Diaz. Nate Diaz. Well, Nate Diaz. Nate, <laughs> Nate Diaz. Nate, well, you know. Well, both of them, yeah. Well, hold on now. I actually disagree with that sentiment. And the reason why is, is when Nick and Nate Diaz put on their personas, that is exactly who you get on and off the camera. I don't believe the Colby Covington and the Conor McGregor that we get on camera is exactly the human being that we get off the camera. So I disagree with that. However, do I think, is is the question, do I think that, is the question, what is next for Khabib after this? Or is the question, is it going to be George? No, no. The question is, if he wins, who's next? You know, listen, um, what, what, what I want to know is, is that uh, is, is it more far-fetched to think that Khabib could perhaps be doing a boxing match versus uh, Floyd Mayweather, or is it more plausible that we're going to see George St. Pierre back? Uh, I don't think we're ever going to see Khabib in a boxing match versus Floyd Mayweather. I hope there, not. That's, that's not going to happen. I hope well, not. Well, I, hope, I, I absolutely hope not. Do I think that GSP is going to be back? I would say that the chances of that happening are, are certainly under about 30%. I just don't see him uh, doing that to his career. I, I, I just think that one of the reasons why George has been so successful is how um, is just how delicately, you know, and, and just how delicately he's treaded those deep waters in the sense of not making the taking on the biggest risks. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just simply don't see it happening. And, and, and it's, and it's also the fact that Khabib, uh, says that he wants to fight at 155 and not 170. Correct. So that is an absolutely good point that that Terry and I discussed last night on the unanimous decision. Um, you know, I just don't see George willing to take this fight at 155. It makes no sense. The fight is not going to happen at 165. And Khabib has gone on the record to say that the only interest that he has is holding his legacy at 30 and 0 under the 155 pound banner. So I just yeah. don't I, I, I just don't see it happening against uh, against George St. Pierre. And, you know, who that 30-0 will be against. Is it a Michael Chandler? I, I, I don't think so. I think that if anything, the 30-0, you know, could perhaps be uh, back again against uh, Tony Ferguson should he build himself up. But, you know, Tony is kind of burying himself in the sense of, you know, not getting another matchup, going on Helwani in D.C. and just not putting on an appropriate enough uh just not putting on an appropriate enough campaign to, to, to really sway us in the sense of wanting to see him. Uh, yeah. Alex, Alex, you kind of scoffed at that comment there um, about um, about Michael Chandler. But Michael Chandler is in Dubai right now, getting ready. He's or, the guy. Like if if they if one of them misses weight, he's in. It's really? happened. It's yeah, he's there. It's happened. You're, it's like it, this can easily be. One COVID affection, uh, infection away from fucking Michael Chandler being a contender for the belt. Well, we'll see that tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Two days. Two days. Well, I guess because this is coming out Friday. Well, the weigh-in is tomorrow, right? No, the weigh-ins are fine, but it could be the night. He can weigh in. Like, it's not a problem. He is weighing yeah. in, and, and yeah. he, he absolutely is weighing in, and I believe that him weighing in is part of his win bonus as well. Yeah. Uh, so absolutely, Michael Chandler will will be there, um, you know, and lest we forget, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov has not shown up sometimes on Saturday night due to weight cutting issues. Through Abisugate. 
and you know it, it, exactly and you know liver failures and whatever the case may yeah, be so michael michael chandler getting in the ring uh on saturday night is uh is is still a plausible chance i don't think that we are going to see that but uh you know i i personally would have liked to see them find a real opponent for michael chandler i yeah. feel that they kind of fucked up and missed the boat on that and uh, should have should have thrown somebody in with michael chandler and put him on the main card but, uh, you know, it is what it is. And I just think that, you know, like I said last night on the unanimous decision, which uh, we, we recorded it on Wednesday, you know, I think that this is kind of Dana's way of going, hey, Bellator kid, why don't you fly across the world to the Middle East in Abu Dhabi? We'll put you up in a beautiful hotel. We'll give you everything you need. But you know what? You're going to have to work for it a little bit. And I want to see how much of a company guy you, you actually are. So, uh, so, so I want to move on to the next point. Uh, Jerry no, no, no I wasn't done. I, I wasn't done. I wanted. To, oh, that's next for sure. Oh, fuck. As, <laughs> as one of my posters just fell down, the Montreal Expos have fallen. It's like the fifth time this fucking thing happens. Oh yeah. All right. What do I do with they're, this? They're, they're waiting. Thing? Well, what you need to do is just put up a Tampa Bay Devil Rays uh, poster. <laughs> you know. Um, we, uh, yeah. So we before we take it away from them. <laughs> So before we get to that, uh, Kananee, that's the next, the Kananee Whitaker is the next topic. I wanted to know, so if Khabib loses, if Gaethje wins, who's his next t- uh, shot? Who's Nick's next fight? Is I think that's a rematch. Connor? Rematch, a rematch, immediate rematch. I think that's the logical uh, sense. I feel like Khabib would want a rematch against Gaethje if he wins. If I, Gaethje if wins, wins, does Connor call out Khabib right now and say, oh, let's fight, winner gets the title shot? Zero chance. I think what happens is is that if the rematch does not happen versus Khabib and Gaethje, Khabib will fight Tony Ferguson and McGregor will go right away to Gaethje and then the winner will fight McGregor uh, most likely by then hopefully uh, you know in Ireland or in Dallas Cowboys Stadium or in Las Vegas. That That's what I think is happening. I think that if Gaethje wins Connor knows it, everybody knows it that he will be next in line and you know another thing that we need to realize is, is that if Gaethje wins there there's a very high chance that, you know, maybe it is in the midst of a lot of wrestling and a lot of dominancy from Khabib. But at the same time, should, um, you know, should Gaethje win decisively, that'll be that'll be a clear case, I think, for Mr. McGregor to swoop in there and, and fight for the title and then put Khabib versus Tony. And I think that Khabib versus Tony doesn't need a title shot on the line because of all of the back and forth and the issues of just getting that fight together. Um. I, yeah. I can't disagree with any of that. The, I, I've given up on the Khabib Ferguson. Like, if it happens, it happens. But if it doesn't happen... That fight is fucking cursed. It's cursed. That's it. Okay, next fight. Uh, this is a huge one, man, because this is... It's for the number one contender spot. So, Robert Bobby Whitaker, former champion, fighting against Jared Cannonier, who's on a four-fight win streak right now, having beaten the legend Silva, Jacker Madsen... Kananya is making a name for himself, man. What the do you killer guys think? Go- the killer gorilla. The killer gorilla. What do you guys think? Alex, I'll start with you. So, I think Kananya win- wins by KO. Uh, I'm confident saying that. Uh, he's, a, he's a fucking beast. Okay? Robert Whitaker, I've never liked that guy. He, he, what do you ever he, do to you, man? He, Whoa. Nothing. I just... Did he hurt your feelings? Just his style of play. Well, also, well, I also lost a bet on him, but mm. that's uh, the, honestly but, but, losing but, bets on guys. But <laughs> but yeah, but that's another story. That's another story. <laughs> uh, so I never liked really his style. Um, I don't. I just don't think it's elite level. Uh, he 
got fucked by Easy not long ago. Uh, that was a yeah, that was rough. Whitaker's uh, had his issues for sure, but I, I can't say that he's not an elite fighter because he's he was the champion for a while. He had defended his title shot three times. I mean, the guy he's a good he's a good fighter. Uh, he just ran into the one of the best fighters we've seen in the last ten years. You know what I mean? So it's tough to say, but I, I'm I'm not not saying that Whitaker is gonna win that fight. I do think Kanye has a big chance to win that fight. I'll tell you what I think after Adam. So, are you um, done, Alex? Sorry, are you done? Yeah. Okay. Because I I just don't because I remember Whitaker fighting Yoel Romero. Yeah. And he just didn't impress me enough. It was just, um, he, he put on a good fight. I thought you, I remember the last fighting as you'll remember the split decision one. Um, uh, I felt like you all remember one that, uh, but who knows? It, 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 it was 50, 50 really, but I guess they just gave it to the champ. It was a tough fight. It was a tough fight. Adam, yeah. Well, I, I, I guess, um, you know, look, the way I look at it is, is that I think that Robert Whitaker is certainly a, uh, a very talented fighter in the, in the middleweight division. Um, you know, I think defeating Yoel Romero twice, whether or not the fight was close, both fights were certainly action-packed and both guys took a lot of damage in those fights. And I think that, you know, if you look at it like that, you know, going in there and fighting the likes of Yoel Romero, fighting the likes of Izzy, fighting the likes of... Um, of Darren Till as well. You know, Whitaker is no stranger to top competition. Uh, in and out of the octagon, he has faced his own demons in the sense that he's fought tough, tough competition and he's been in wars. But then also outside of, of the octagon, you know, he has had personal issues as well. Uh, nobody is foreign to that. Everybody has their own struggles or whatever the case may be. But, you know, one thing is, is that, you know, Anderson Silva uh, at the level that he fought him at is, is not... I, I just have to say that, you know, the the level of competition that Cannoneer has faced, you know, at the moments that he fought these fighters versus Whitaker is not of the same caliber. I think that Whitaker has fought way more, you know, way more talented guys at better points in their career than perhaps Cannoneer has. However, um, you know, the one dimensionalness of Whitaker in the sense of, you know, how he always just uses the same entry, just going straight forward and blasting his punches, not actually, you know, he has that bounce in his footwork, but he doesn't use his footwork to set up his punches. He's just going in there and lunging forward on a lot of his punches. And, you know, when you're dealing with a strong athletic guy who not only has is having a successful career in the UFC and is on a streak, we need to understand that Jared Cannonier came into the game at, at, at heavyweight and then moved his way down to light heavyweight and then came down to middleweight. So his arsenal and his resume is ever-changing, and uh, you see it in his physique, you see it in his skill set. And the reason why I am going with Jared Cannonier is is because I just believe where he's at in his career, it is his time, he's going to showcase his skills, and I just believe that he's a lot less one-dimensional in the sense of how he goes about his entries in the striking game. And another thing, too, is, is that had Darren Till maybe not blown his knee out and Darren Till was able to sit down more uh, uh, sit down a little bit more on his shots 
I think that uh, Whitaker would have faced uh, a lot more packing of the punch against Darren Till. And, you know, I believe that uh, Jared Cadenier will not make those mistakes. God willing, won't get injured. And uh, we'll just use that pure athleticism and that skill set to, to steer Robert Whitaker. Because although he was the champ and he has done his thing and he has fought top competition, he hasn't shown any real evolution in his skill set over the last few fights. And I think that ultimately that lack of evolution and the clear evolution and, and growth in, in Jared Cannonier's game is going to be the reason why he's going to prevail on the night. So I'm going with Jared Cannonier. I believe this fight is going to be, uh, is going to be over either by a finish or it's going to be a 29, 28 decision. Oh, so you're going Cannonier. Yes, sir. That's a tough <laughs> one. If I can, the thing is about Bobby Whitaker is, yeah, he's had the mental the mental game has kind of hit him a bit. And I think in his personal life, it's kind of uh, messed him up. Uh, you know, he skipped on fights. He got ill at one point. Um, but just to say, his last three wins were Yoel, Yoel, and Darren Till. Canningay's last three wins are Jacker Manson, David Branch, and a 40-year-old Andrew Silva. So... I, I want to give Cannonier all the respect in the world for what he's done and the fact that he's come from heavyweight all the way down to middleweight and doing it impressively. He looks great, man. The guy looks fucking unreal. It's it's hard for me to go against Whitaker knowing what he did to his competition when he was the champ, and it wasn't not it wasn't long ago. He fought against Israel Adesanya. He'll never beat Adesanya. It's just it's not in his cards. It's not something that's going to happen. Um, I don't think Kananye can beat Adesanya either. So I'm giving the edge to Whitaker on this one. I think in this fight, Whitaker's going to do exactly what he did to Darren Till. Uh, the, the, the sidekick to the knee, uh, the point fighting, uh, distance, using that karate stance. I mean, that's what Whitaker is known to do. Uh, if you take away Kananye's big thing, which is his power, I think that's where you know the advantage lies. So it's tough for me, but I'm gonna go Whitaker. But it is close, man. I can't say that. I can't, I'm not betting money on that. I put I put a parlay on on uh, on Gaethje and Walt Harris winning, and I'm I think I'm gonna win that. Walt Harris against Volkov. Well, I just want to add to that. You know, I do agree with your sentiments in the sense of the karate stance. And, you know, maybe showing a because in the past, we do see how a lot of MMA fighters do struggle against the guys who who come in with that side karate stance. You know, we have seen that in the past. Patrick Cote tried to adopt it at the tail end of his career. It didn't work out due to the fact of him not actually, you know, maybe having a karate background. He's but not a karate guy. In, not even close he's not a karate guy. We've seen it in Wonder Boy, though. We've seen it in MVP. And we have seen it in Whitaker's success, how how it does prevail. But one of the things that that you know, has, uh, has impressed me the least about Robert Whitaker is just how he, he sets up his punches and how he just relies on that same speed blitz to, uh, to try to enter in. And when you're dealing with a dense body like Jared Cadenier, a guy who's probably more athletic and has a lot more power, I just think that it's, it's a lot more dangerous. And, you know, Cadenier is not Darren Till. Darren Till is, again, is another guy who's very flat-footed, very heavy on the back foot. And, uh, talk about my boy, man. Well, you, you know, I, 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 I,
I got to say, man, Darren Till is is one of those guys that is uh, is knocking on the door, in my opinion, about be of being overrated. And I don't see how a guy he is like, overrated. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see how Darren Till is one win away again from being back in the mix. I I, I really don't. I agree. I, I agree with that. As much as as much as I ride him, you get bonus for GSP. I get bonus for Darren Till. I think it's the whole Liverpool connection. Yeah, but the the. the <laughs> Yeah, but the you know the difference is is that um, when I'm riding George, you know George is uh, George is George is very gentle and he's appreciative and and he's somebody who deserves it. When 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 you ride Darren Till, you're 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 left with disappointment. I think Darren Till needs to fight Mike Perry, and everybody just needs to shut the fuck up and watch them destroy each other. And if if we're taking it that far, if I want to ride anybody, I want to ride the goat, baby. GSP, you're gonna ride a goat. So. So, Terry, you've mentioned that Whitaker and um, Cannoneer have no chance against Easy. I think so, that it's just it's stylistically, it just doesn't work for them, either of them. So, who does? So, so, so they've been talking about Izzy versus John Jones. Do you think that that's fight gonna ever happen. is going to happen? 100% that's going to happen. There's no way that win. fight doesn't happen because the reason why is that Asanya has nobody. Adesanya has nobody. Actually, yeah. Adesanya has nobody to fight. So, John Jones, let's see what he does at heavyweight. If he's able to win the belt at heavyweight, um, how many guys would he be able to fight? He has Nganu, Stipe, DC won't happen. Um, who else? I mean, I guess there's Walt Harris if he makes a run. Uh, Overeem. There's a couple guys there, but I think that the big money fight that – the UFC is going to want to do, they're going to want to see John Jones against Adesanya at about 200 pounds, I think. Maybe 215. Yeah, that makes sense. But I don't think that Adesanya can get to 215 and not be slow. Yeah, he, he would have to get to 200. It's going to have to be a super fight. He probably is, walks it, around like around 200 pounds, so I fit maybe it, 205. Izzy, Izzy could probably get up to as heavy as 215. It would probably be the uh, the same thing as McGregor stepping on the scale at 170 where he doesn't have to cut weight for the fight yeah. and he'll probably be a couple of pounds underneath uh, the actual um, the actual way. And I mean, when you're looking at the actual uh, rankings, you know, Cannoneer is probably the last guy that uh, that Izzy will be able to fight before he has to maybe make a bigger move. Uh, one thing that I want to say is, is I absolutely don't think that Walt Harris has, uh, is going to win against Alex Volkov. Although Volkov has disappointed, I I, I just am uh, I just think that Walt Harris is uh, too slow, too one dimensional, and uh, yeah, that's fine, that's fair. And uh, you know, another thing is though that I think a lot of people aren't taking into consideration is that when you make that that step up to the heavyweight division and you start packing on pounds, you know, to try to be able to become you know, more muscular and more strong to be able to fight these bigger bodies in the heavyweight division, you know, just the lifestyle itself. Okay. Just the lifestyle itself of not watching what you're eating as you're leading up to the fights um, changes the mentality subconsciously in the fighter. And I think that should John Jones go on a two, three fight, uh, you know, two, three fights in the heavyweight division and then go and fight Israel Adesanya. I think that it's going to be a lot harder for him to make uh, to make that 205 pound uh, weight because, you know, I think that John barely makes that 205 as it is. And I think that, you know, just being able to 
embellish in that heavyweight lifestyle of eating as much as you can and putting on that size. I mean, John did have that phase in the light heavyweight division where he was posting all these photos of him doing the power lifting and him doing and him eating, you know, two, three plates at a time. Uh, that was very short lived that yeah. he, he did not maintain that lifestyle. And should John want to tackle that lifestyle again and try to maintain that, he's going to have a very difficult time cutting that weight again against Israel Adesanya. And then in that case, I think just that alone will tremendously help, uh, help Izzy out. And, you know, another thing to, uh, to compliment that is, is that there are truthfully not that many candidates in the heavyweight division that, that sell good fights. I mean, I think the allure of watching John Jones fight a heavyweight, unless it's against the champion or maybe the top one, two or three contenders in the division, I don't really think that people are all that interested in seeing him go to heavyweight unless he's fighting, like I said, the top three or the top five. And, yeah. you know, by then when you're fighting the top three or the top five, we might run into the same uh, issue or the same, you know, notion that happened with DC. When DC finally lost to Stipe Miocic, it was the reason that made him, t uh, it, it's what uh, removed the, the name John Jones out of his mouth. And all he could focus on afterwards was Stipe Miocic. And that was a blessing in his career because he wasn't going to beat John. There was no reason for there to be a third match. However, man, when you put John Jones up against, you know, maybe the top five heavyweights, there is a very strong case that one of those guys will be the reason why John Jones doesn't get his hand raised. And I just don't see John focusing on Israel Adesanya after potentially putting his career on the line and losing against a top heavyweight contender. So I got to say, man, him fighting two, three times in the heavyweight division and then maybe fighting for the belt or losing before that happens or even winning and then fighting for the belt. I have to say that the more success John has in the heavyweight division or if he takes a loss in the heavyweight division, that will deter his focus, deter his focus on Israel Adesanya. So I'm really not sure if this fight ever pans out. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, if it happens, it would have to be before he even fights in heavyweight, at least one, one after one fight, because his body's going to get too acclimated to weighing in at 250. You know what I mean? 240. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that too. Um, good stuff, boys. I mean, we did it in 37 minutes. Um, that was Weekly Sauce episode 22 UFC 254 uh, preview uh, Khabib versus Gaethje um, co-main event was Whitaker versus Cannonier. Uh from what I gathered I'm taking Whitaker I'm taking Khabib with my heart Gaethje with the money Alex you got Cannonier and Khabib um, right pretty sure yeah and Adam you got Cannonier and Khabib as well uh, you know what? I have Khabib by decision, but just because I give no fucks, I'm going to take Justin Gaethje by TKO. Love it. Love it. You heard it here. And first. you know what? And you know what? I feel like this is the going to be one of the rare times where we see Khabib um, drub blood. Oh, really? He, he's only lost one round. I've only seen him lose one round. That was the Connor. Yeah. So I, it's going to be a tough fight for Khabib. We've, a lot of people have been saying for a long time, this is his toughest matchup. Boys, thanks again. Alex, your beauty as usual. Adam, always love talking to you. This episode of Weekly Sauce is brought to you by Chetty's Hot Sauce. Uh, visit Chetty'sHotSauce.ca and use Hot Sauce 25 for 25% off the entire website. Um, thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Peace. And go ahead. And and congrats to Derek Kurzi yeah. for winning the the giveaway. Uh, you will get your hot sauces soon. Deliver, delivered by Terry, I believe. Tomorrow, yeah. 
Yeah. And I uh, hope you enjoy it. And there's going to be much more giveaway soon. Absolutely. Peace, boys. Peace.